Excellent. Would you turn to Colossians chapter 3 this morning? Colossians chapter 3. And we're going to start at verse 5. If you're using that Bible under the seat in front of you, Colossians 3, you'll find it, page 1,354. Love to have you read along with us this morning. Lord, we come to a passage this morning that is very important to our everyday lives. The decisions that we make, the choices that we make on a day-by-day basis. So I pray, Lord, that you would give us understanding. And then motivate us greatly to apply these important truths to our lives. Make your word understandable to all. By the power of your Holy Spirit, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, in this letter that we've been studying called Colossians, Paul writes about some very amazing things that happen to you when you become a Christian. And we've studied several of these things in previous studies. We've been told that when you give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, when you place your faith in him, you're joined to Jesus. In the eyes of God, you're baptized into Jesus. You're identified with Jesus. So you're identified with Jesus in his death and burial. The old you dies. In the eyes of God, the old sinful you is dead. You are also identified with Jesus in the resurrection. So there's a new you. You are raised with Christ. You are seated with Christ in the heavenlies. There's a brand new you. And that is such an amazing thing to consider. Christian, you are born again. You are a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. Did you know that in the eyes of God, since you are in Christ, you are perfect in the eyes of God? In Christ Jesus. So, that means that all Christians now live perfect lives, right? Wrong. As Christians, we do not live perfect lives. We still struggle with sin. And why is that? Because on this earth, this side of heaven, there's still the old you hanging out. There's a new you, that's for sure. But there's also an old you. And there's a fight daily in every Christian between the new you and the old you. Paul speaks of the old you as life lived according to the flesh... And the new you is life lived according to the spirit. And in Galatians chapter 5 he says, For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. So listen, every born again Christian has that daily struggle. And you have a decision to make every day as a Christian. 
Are you going to live like the old you? Or are you going to live like the new you? Well, this text this morning clearly tells us how to win that struggle on a day-by-day basis. Check it out. Begin reading in verse 5. Paul, writing to Christians, says, Therefore put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetous, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves, Christians, once walked when you lived in them. But now you yourselves are to put off these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. So there's a two-pronged approach to winning this daily battle as a Christian. And the first approach has to do with how you deal with the old you. Now, according to Paul, as we've just read, how are we supposed to deal with the old you? Are you supposed to be best friends with the old you? Are you supposed to be respectful and cordial with the way you once were? No. Absolutely not. You're to have nothing to do with the old way of life that the old you used to live. And you're to be very aggressive. I mean, check out the strong language that Paul uses in verse 5. He says, therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth. Christian, kill, mortify, put to death the old you every day. Do not allow it to live. Do not allow the fleshly sins of the old way to have power in your life. Verse 8, it says, but now you yourselves are to put off all these things. Verse 9 says, put off the old man. Again, that's real strong language. And the idea is almost like, take the old clothes off and burn them. Take all the dirty rags off that you once used to live your life in. Take off all those soiled garments every day and burn them. So Christian, listen, this is important. This is something that's very serious, a very important part of your daily life. You're to take those things off. You're to put those things to death. And you're to be aggressive about it. It sort of reminds me of what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount. He said, if your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. 
It's more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you. For it's more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. Now that sounds really gross. And Jesus meant for that to sound gross. He's using hyperbole. He's not saying that you need to do that physically. And I wouldn't suggest that you do that. We'd see a lot of changes around here, right? It's be very radical with sin in your life. Kill it. Put it off. Make that choice every day. Now, he gives us a list of sins of the old way of life. In verse 5, he says, Therefore put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, Evil desire, those are all words that speak of sexual sin, sexual immorality. Fornication is the Greek word pornea, where we get our word pornography. Uncleanness is filthy sexual activity. Passion and evil desire speaks of unbridled sexual lust. As a Christian, you're to put all that stuff off. Now listen, God created sex, and sex in itself is not evil or sinful. But God has put strict boundaries around sex. Only permitted within a marriage relationship between one man and one woman for a lifetime. That's it. All other sexual activity outside of that constraint is sin. And as a Christian, you're not to live that way. Maybe before you came to Christ, you were sexually promiscuous. Not anymore. And and, and the language, again, it's all very extreme. Take radical steps in your life, Christian, to guard your thoughts and your personal relationships with other people. Put that off. Put that to death. It says at the end of verse 5, in covetousness, which is idolatry. Covetousness. Wanting what other people have. Greedy for what others have. Jealous of what other people have. You're to put that off on a day-by-day basis. Now, maybe before you came to Christ, that's the way you lived. You were very greedy and you wanted what everybody, and you sort of lived for that rat race. Put it off. Cast it aside. Verse 8, it says, Now you yourselves are to put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, anger. It's it's that constant, deep-seated, simmering anger towards people or God or life in general. Just that angry person. Wrath, it speaks of anger boiling over, outbursts of rage. Malice, ill will towards other people, wishing harm on other people. Blasphemy, also translated slander, 
defaming other people, ruining other people's reputation. Maybe you were super, super mean to people before you became a Christian. Well, now that you are a Christian, you're a new person, and you take those garments off every day. It says at the end of verse 8, Take off or put off filthy language out of your mouth. Filthy language, obscenity, dirty jokes, potty mouth, cussing. You're not to talk like that anymore. As a Christian, you put that off every morning. And I'll tell you what, it, that we live in a society that is filthy. And the filthy speaking is all around us. It's even raised to the top with presidents and politicians. You hear cuss words everywhere. Culture is filled with it. Several years ago, there was a movie put out entitled The Wolf of Wall Street, which has the record of having the most expletives in a movie in all of history, 715 total swears in a little under two-hour runtime. And a lot of people talk that way. Just dirty, filthy speaking. You're to put that off. Verse 9 says, do not lie to one another. Since you've put off the old man with his deeds. You're not to lie. So every morning, take off the falsehood soiled shirt. Burn it. Now, this is just a partial list. Paul also says in Galatians chapter 5, Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you, in time past, those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So all of that, all of that garbage, all of that junk of the old way of life, you're to take off. And why? Because it says in verse 6, Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. Gang, listen, God's wrath is coming against that. God's wrath will be poured out upon that. That's the way you used to live. That's the way you used to walk in life before you came to God. But now you're a Christian, you're on a different path. Put off, put to death the old you. My brother and sister in Christ, listen, even as a born-again Christian, you can get in a lot of trouble in this life if you continue living like you did before you became a Christian. There can be a lot of heartache that will come to your life. The Romans had a real cruel form of execution sometimes they compelled a captive to be joined face to face with the dead body 
and to bear it about until the horrible effluvia destroyed the life of the living victim. Virgil describes this cruel punishment. The living and the dead at his command were coupled face to face and hand to hand till choked with stench in loathed embraces tied the lingering wretches pined away and died. That is a gross thing to think about. But I want you to think about it. Don't forget that image. The old you is dead. Don't live your life face to face with the corpse that will choke out everything that God has for you. Understand how serious that is. Make those choices. And listen, do not listen to the lies of the enemy. The enemy will tempt you as a Christian to think about, you know, all the fun that you had before you became a Christian. The enemy loves to do that. Oh, remember how much you laughed back then? Remember all the good times you had back then before you... Now you're a Christian. Life is such a bummer. Listen... Satan encourages SMD. You know what SMD is? Selective memory disorder. And he may try to get you to remember some of the, you know, the fun things that you did and the laughs. But how easy you forget of the loneliness and the lostness and the lack of purpose and satisfaction. You're a Christian. You got the best abundant life you could possibly live now. And don't you forget it. So daily, put off the old you. Okay, so what's the second prong approach? Look again at verse 9. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds. And have what? Put on the new man. Who is renewed in knowledge. According to the image of him who created him. Where there's neither Greek nor Jew. Circumcised nor uncircumcised. Barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free. But Christ is all and in all. Therefore, verse 12. As the elect of God. Holy and beloved. Put on. Tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule In your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Again, more amazing truths about who you are as a Christian. If you're a born-again Christian, verse 10 says that you have been renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. You know, all of us were created in the image of God, you realize that. But at the fall of man in the garden, the image of God in us was marred. When you give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, that image is renewed. You literally become absolutely brand new. 
Christ becomes everything in your life, Christian. Your Christian identity is greater than any of the other circumstances or characteristics in your life. It has nothing to do with Greek or Jew or your economic status or anything. It says there, Christ is all. He's everything in your life. You're brand new. The image has been renewed. You are a new person. So what are you supposed to do every day? Put on the new person. Just put on the new man. Put on, verse 12, all those Christian virtues. So every day you get dressed. You put on Christian virtues. And he gives quite a list of those virtues, those items of clothing that we need to put on every day. Verse 12, put on tender mercies. That's that's a word that means the deepest type of compassion that you could possibly have for other human beings. Where you have compassion for the people that you work with, the people you know well, the people that are struggling. You put that on every day. Put on kindness. Very general term. Refers to a type of kindness, goodness, and grace that pervades the whole person. Mellowing all that might be harsh. I like that. Everything about your life becomes soft, more mellowed, more under control, more kind. It says, put on humility. That's a lowliness of mind. That's not thinking arrogantly about yourself. It's not being self-centered. Meekness, put on meekness. That's gentleness. That's being mannerful. Respectful with people. Put on long suffering, that's patience. Bearing with one another. That's always made me chuckle in the Greek. It literally means learn how to put up with one another. Given that grace where you put up with people that hurt you, that offend you. Forgiving. One another, it says in verse 13. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. That is a a, a brand new person forgives. They forgive others. And we should certainly be those who forgive others because Christ has forgiven us so much. So much. You should let that motivate you. It says in the end of verse 14, but above all these things put on love, which is the bond of perfection. Love, supernatural love, agape love, unconditional love, sacrificial love. The way that God loves you, you put that love on. It says, verse 15, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. To which also you were called in one body and be thankful. So every morning you put on peace. 
You put on thankfulness. You see, there's a whole list. There's, a, there's all these old clothes that you take off. And then there's all these new clothes that you put on. And you should do that every single day. And understand that you need both plans of attack. It's not enough. You do not want to live your life as a Christian just thinking, I'm going to put off all these things. I'm going to stop doing all those things. You don't want to live that way. You should rather live your life really seeking the Lord every day. What do I need to put on today to replace the way I used to live? It's a replacement principle. So maybe in the past you spoke filthy. As a Christian, you don't just stop speaking filthy. You start speaking godly. You start using speech in a wonderful way. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it might impart grace to the hearers. Imagine if you spent all day thinking how you might impart grace to everyone that you talk to in the way that you speak. Maybe in the past you're a very angry person, mean to others, you curse people, slandered people, were malicious. Don't just stop doing that. Put on kindness. Long-suffering. Compassion. Maybe before you became a Christian, you kept grudges. You were very bitter. People were only given so many chances with you, and if they blew it, that's it. Now that you're a Christian, you, you don't just stop keeping grudges. You put on forgiveness. You choose to do the positive. Don't create a vacuum. Don't be neutral. Do the positive. Maybe in the past you lived a very self-centered life. Arrogant, looking out only for yourself. Don't just stop doing that. Put on humility. Say, Lord, I'm going to be humble like you today. I'm going to be selfless. I'm going to look out for others. You need both. I think Paul gives one of the greatest examples of what happens in a life as a Christian by way of replacement. In Ephesians chapter 4, he writes, Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. I love that. A guy's a thief before he comes to Christ. You don't just stop stealing as a Christian. You start working and giving money to people in need. Think about that. That's radical. All the bad stuff is replaced with proactive good stuff. We are to make that decision. 
day by day. You want to live in victory. Be very conscientious and very deliberate about how you're living the Christian life day by day. Put to death, allow to live. Put off, put on. Now, other things to recognize and understand as you live life daily as a Christian and you face this battle, you're to make those decisions, but you don't have to do it by yourself. See, that's the beautiful thing of the Christian life. You know, Christian, as we've been learning in Colossians, the whole point of the Christian life is to seek Jesus, to keep your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ, and spend time with the Lord every day. Grow in your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We're told in Hebrews 12, you keep your eyes fixed upon the Lord Jesus Christ as you're living life day by day. And as you draw closer to him, you're going to become more like him. And he's going to help you live like the new you that you are. Remember also that as Christians, uh, we have the Holy Spirit living inside us. Don't forget that. And he is there to empower you to live the Christian life. Galatians chapter 5, Paul says, Walk in the Spirit, in dependence upon the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. If you can walk in the Holy Spirit and remember that, it's a dependence upon him. I've, often, I've also found that it's really, really, really important what you're thinking about. I mean, the, the battle really is won right between the ears, right? Here in the brain. What do you think about? What do you digest intellectually? What do you feed on? What do you put in your mind? Don't feed the old you with stuff that excites the old you and tempts the old you. Starve the old you. Feed the new you. Put good things in your brain. Certainly the word of God. Romans chapter 12, Paul says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You're transformed every day by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I love Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, you meditate on those things. You think about those things. You put good stuff. The Lord will give you victory. And I do think it's also very important that we keep in mind regularly every day what Christ did for us at the cross. I love what Peter shared about Memorial Day. 
freedom isn't free. Many men and women died so we can enjoy freedom. So I ask you, how do you use your freedom? How do you use it? Do you use it for good things? I sure hope so. So, you're a born-again Christian. You're brand new. At a tremendous cost to the Lord Jesus Christ, who died for you. So, how do you live? How do you choose to live? Let's pray. Let's pray together that we might choose to live that new life. Father, we're so grateful for salvation. We're grateful for the spectacular miracle that you've accomplished in our lives. And I pray, Lord, that that would work its way out in our lives in a practical way day by day. Empower us. Strengthen us. Motivate us. Encourage us. Lord, to put away all those things that are from the old way of life and help us, Lord, to put on those new things every day. By the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, that we might be amazing witnesses where we work, in our schools, in our neighborhoods. And then, Heavenly Father, I want to pray for anyone here this morning who has not yet received you. Maybe you're here this morning and you thought that Christianity is just another sort of religion that you join up. No, it's not that. Christianity is a wonderful personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ who died on the cross for you and paid for your sins. Christ has been paid. But he won't force himself into your life. He waits to be invited. Have you invited him to save you? Have you asked him to be your Lord and Savior? Are you saved? Have you become that new creation by faith? You can, right now, in the quietness of your heart, If you've not yet received him, I want to lead you in this prayer. And you open your heart to receive him. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, make me brand new. Wash away all my sins. Forgive me. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. And rising again that third day. Make me your child. Fill me with your spirit and help me to live life the way you want me to.
Jesus' name, amen.